This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by uh, the importance of being normal, apparently. Under the outdoor with the steamboats, in Chicago and Wallows, come at the grand line making a sound. The smell of death is on the rail, and at night when the cold wind blows. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. This week, 1976's Carrie and a 2013's Carrie. It's a double feature. The late night Double feature. But before we get to the movies, Kelsey, how do we start the show? Slash cards. Give me what you got. In what year was Jennifer Kent's The Babadook released? I have my note <laughs> app, like, up in front of me. I could just... That would be cheating. Scroll backwards. That would be cheating. I will say... 2015. So close, 2014. That was what I was going to say first, but I thought it was too far away. Dang it. Should have gone with my first instinct. Always go with your first instinct. (laughs) Damn it. All right, Kelsey. Yes. This is an easy one to start the show. Okay. What's the name of the motel Marion Crane checks into, but not out of, in Psycho 1960? The Bates Motel. That is correct. Are we ever going to do Psycho? It's not on the list. You have, like, at least the next year planned out, right? More than the next year, yeah. And you don't have Psycho on the list? Listen, a lot of different things have gone into choosing the movies, okay? Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, well, <laughs> my next question will have to do with two movies that are most definitely on the list. Okay. All right. So, Kelsey. Yeah. Kelsey. Yep. Kelsey. 1976s. You didn't want to say yep to that last time? Nope. <laughs> 1976s Carrie, directed by Brian De Palma, written by Lawrence Cohen, and based on the novel by Stephen King. What? what? Starring Sissy Spacek, Piper Laurie, and Amy Irving. What is the premise of Carrie? A high school senior outcast is invited to the prom, and unfortunately, it turns into a deadly joke. That's ominous. That's very ominous. (laughs) Kelsey, the original Carrie is available on Amazon Prime. It's also available to rent in a bunch of other places. Should people watch it? Yes. Just yes? Just straight up yes? It is a classic. It's really well done. It builds... If you don't know what's going to happen, it builds the tension and the suspense pretty well, I'd say. Stephen King's first published manuscript novel. And I'd say it's a really good adaptation of the book. And his first adaptation into a feature-length film. And he likes it. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a moment. So you should take that as a, as an endorsement and go see the movie. And when we get back, we'll discuss 1976's 
Carrie. Meet Carrie. She's the girl no one likes and everyone makes fun of. The girl who lives in that creepy house with her cruel mother. The girl with the strange power. She's about to turn a high school prom into a nightmare. If you have a taste for terror, you have a date with Carrie. Rated R. Now showing at a theater near you. Kelsey, what happens in Carrie? So we open on a high school volleyball game, which is taken way too seriously. Right? Nobody gave enough of a shit about volleyball in my school. Nobody gave a fuck about PE sports when I was in high school, so I don't (laughs) know what the hell this is supposed to be. I think it's just an excuse to be shitty to her. Right. You're supposed to show that Carrie gets picked on. She's also, she doesn't know how to behave socially, so it's not like she is just perfectly normal and is picked on inordinately. She's a weirdo. Does that mean she deserves to be picked on the way she does? She is? No, absolutely not. Um, but it's not like just some random attack. They're targeting her because she's weird. And scary Carrie. Creepy Carrie. Creepy Carrie? What the fuck were they thinking? Scary alliteration. Ca- they weren't thinking about rhyming. They were thinking about alliteration. Yeah, but... It's alliteration of a single sound versus Scary Carrie, which is a rhyme of, like, four different phonemes. Come on. It's way better as a rhyme than it is as alliteration. Anyway, (laughs) that's my thought on should it be a rhyme or should it be alliteration? Next time on should it be a rhyme or should it be alliteration? Surely there's some way I could rhyme and alliterate that title. Probably. (laughs) Anyway, then we cut to them all showering. Brian De Palma. Which, again... Gratuitous. I mean, I guess I went to a private school, so things are probably different, but we did not ever shower naked. It was also the 70s. Yes. When that was, like, normal. True. Like, we had showers in my... Uh, middle school and high school that were never used. Well, yeah. I mean, okay, first of all, we never showered after... Well, okay. I only ever took PE in the summer. Yeah. So maybe things were different when you took PE during the school year, but we never once showered. But I did shower when I was on the swim team. We just had lots of deodorant. There was a lot of aerosol deodorant in our locker room. God... Kids, (laughs) Kids, <laughs> you're a kid and you're going to school. Ditch that shit. It's awful. It's funny you say that because when I was in middle school, I was originally, my mom bought me spray deodorant. Yeah, why? And I was considered the weirdo, so I had to get stick cover, stick deodorant. Yeah, maybe I'm everybody just else that had perfect stick. age where it's like the changeover. Yeah. I don't know. But everyone had aerosol deodorant. But so we did shower when I was on the swim team. But we never took our bathing suits off. Right. Why would you? Didn't want to show off all that bush? No. There's a lot of bush going on in this scene. It was the 70s. Yep. And apparently- Today, everyone would have it shaved, so- Right. Apparently, um, none of the women wanted to do it, but they found out that Sissy Spacek had done her scene nude. (laughs) And so they're like, fine, we'll do it. So, also gratuitous with Sissy Spacek. Oh, very scene. gratuitous. Yes. Uh, 
But also, she, like, full-on puts soap over her fucking eyes. Did you catch that? Yeah, that's a... I don't ever do that. I would ever. never do that. It would scare the crap out of me. Ever. But, like, it's a, it's a thing I have seen in media over and over again. It's not uncommon to see. So, listen, if you're out there and you put soap over your eyes when you wash your face... How are you not afraid it's gonna get in your eyes? Yeah, I... That was the worst part of showers for me. <laughs> Growing up, I got better at it as I got older, but like shit getting in my eyes, like I would get all the shampoo in my hair and then I would probably spend a good couple minutes just like wiping and preventing it from dripping down into my eyes. Oh, yeah. It's part of my routine is to like, wipe off my over hands and over again, and wipe off my eyes so <laughs> yep. that there, nothing will ever get in exactly. there. Exactly. So the idea that this was a thing that's common enough to be portrayed in media over and over again, I... <laughs> Tell us. Write in, email us, podcemetery at gmail.com, or go to the yeah, website we at the Pod Cemetery and comment under this episode. Let us know. Are we the weirdos? <laughs> that should be a recurring question. Are we the weirdos? Um. Okay, so then she's washing her thighs, and then we get this shot of blood coming down. It is a thing. Stephen King is a thing. He thinks that periods are, like, a huge deal for girls. Well, They're it's... really not. I mean, as, okay, again, my own experience. In this day and age, we were all told about it in the fifth grade. Right. Everyone had to go to it. So, unless you got written out by your parents. But, like... 70s, man. Right. I understand. It was different back then. But I feel like men have this idea that it's this really horrific thing. But for her, it would be. Right. She had no idea. Right. She just starts bleeding. But it's not just Carrie. It's not just this one story. It comes up in a lot of coming-of-age stories. It, for example. The blood in the bathroom. Yeah. Like, I'm sorry. It's not that big of a deal. It's not that formative. <laughs> It just, maybe it's like a signifier of puberty and all that. I think so, men just are really uncomfortable with periods. Probably. And it's really not that big of a deal. Um, anyway, so she thinks she's dying. So she, and I mean, that would be terrifying. Yeah. If you have no idea, that would be scary. You'd probably think you had some sort I don't of know cancer. If I, would, I don't know if I would freak out like that. Like, I'm literally dying right now. Call 911. I'd probably be like, oh, what the fuck? Well, I mean, you have to think um, about the fact that she's experiencing pain at the same time. Sure. So it's pain. It's blood. Probably thought her stomach was coming out of her. Exactly. Yeah. Uh -huh. She probably thought she would, like. Was literally dying. Uh huh. And that they say that in the in the movie and in the book. Um, and so but, they just grab a bunch of they tease her with tampons and then they grab a bunch of pads from the dispenser and just start chucking them at her um, while she's completely naked and terrified. And right. they scream, "Plug it up! Plug it up!" Absolutely awful. I. Girls are really mean. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I've only walked away from one situation once, and it was because I had no idea what to do to help the poor person. Uh-huh. Literally, I, I looked at the situation, and I was like, I don't know what to do for her. 
Um, I didn't know if my helping her would embarrass her more. Right. But every other time I've ever seen anyone being picked on, I've stuck up for them. So it was, it's just bizarre to me that, I mean, I guess it's, you know, it's crowd mentality, et cetera. And I think it's important. Let's just go ahead and talk about it now. Let's talk about why Stephen King wrote this. Okay. But let's, I'll finish what, what happens there. So they all, they're all screaming at her, plug it up. They're all throwing tampons and pads at her. And in runs the gym teacher and she's telling them all, you know, like, what the hell are you doing? What are you thinking? Um, and she grabs Carrie and she's trying to help her, but Carrie just won't she's stop hysterical. screaming. Yeah. So she slaps her across the face. I had to stop her screaming. I had to stop her screaming. I would never do that because I would get fired in this day and age. I have no idea what rules were like in the 70s. I imagine they were way more relaxed. And nobody seems to make a big deal about her slapping her. So She does apologize. Yeah, of course. Yeah, she does. Anyway, so that's the end of that scene. But let's explain why Stephen King wrote the book. It's actually a very sad story. Mm-hmm. He he includes it at the begin as a foreword in the book. He explains that when he was a kid, he was at this elementary school. I think I don't think it was high school, but I could be wrong. Anyway, there was this really really poor girl, like super super poor. Yeah. Only had one outfit, one dress that she wore every day, every single day. And people just accepted that that was just who she was. You know, she probably got teased and picked on, but he didn't really write much about that. So then one day she shows up in a new outfit. And she's smiling and she's really excited to wear this new outfit. And the whole class started ganging up on her. I can't remember if Steven said that he joined in or not, but I do know for a fact that he did nothing to help her. He felt incredibly guilty about that for the rest of his life. And that is why he wrote Carrie. It was his way of giving her redemption. I don't know if it does that, but we'll get to there. <laughs> Cut to the principal's office, and the principal is a total douchebag and can't remember her name. He keeps calling her Cassie, even though her name is Carrie. He's he's not totally insensitive. He's just a typical male who has no idea how to deal with this. Uh, the gym teacher still has a, a handprint of blood on her and it makes the principal super uncomfortable he doesn't know what to do in this situation meanwhile the teacher's totally smoking in the principal's office yeah which is hilarious we also get we didn't talk about this in the first scene when carrie's freaking out she causes a a a light bulb well we don't know if she causes it she does a light bulb shatters of course she does i'm just saying the premise of this point we don't know and then in this scene, she She's flips the ashtray. at an ashtray. Uh-huh. And every time he calls her Cassie, it moves a little bit more. Like, there is no excuse, by the way. Dude calls her Cassie and is corrected three times. <laughs> like, there is no excuse. And eventually she shouts out, it's Carrie! And the, the thing flips and she runs out. Yeah. 
so she goes home and she's walking home. A kid on his bike <laughs> calls out, creepy carry, creepy carry, creepy carry. And then she uh, makes him fall off his bike. And he goes, oh! Creepy carry, creepy carry! <laughs> oh. It's, it's totally dubbed. It's yeah. hilarious. It's uh, one of the actresses. <laughs> so then cut to uh, we meet Carrie's mom, who you might recognize from, if you're a fan like me, you've seen Return to Oz. And she plays Auntie M in Return to Oz. Wow. And more famously, she was in The Faculty. She's the drama teacher. She was famous for being in The Hustler. That's what she's famous for. I don't know what that is. Okay. <laughs> You're right. She is in The Faculty. And Return to Oz. And Return to Oz, yes. Anyway, they don't really explain what she's doing there. I mean, she's there to speak the word of God to one of her neighbors. And at one point, the neighbor gives her money which I assume means that she works for the church, but they don't really ever tell you that. They don't. But I think that's the assumption is that she's there in on behalf of the church. And so here, just take the money back to the church and leave me alone. So she happens to come upon Sue's mother. So Sue is one of the, in fact, in the movie, I can't remember in the book, but she in the movie, she's the first one to throw shit at Carrie. And start shouting, plug it up. In fact, I think they did that in the sequel, too. I mean, the sequel in the in the remake as well. Right. Like, she she does it, and she totally chimes in. And I think she's the, the Stephen King stand-in, really, where she 100% participates. And she regrets it. Yeah. So, Sue's mother, uh, you know, she's drinking. She's watching a soap opera. She immediately gives money to get rid of Carrie's mother. Carrie's mother is very much aware of that. They're just showing you, you know, how very different Carrie's family is from the rest of society. So then cut back to uh, the house where Carrie lives with her mom. Immediately the phone rings. So Carrie's mom is told what happened at school. So she calls Carrie down and she starts screaming at her, hitting her with the Bible, telling her that she's sinned and that's why she got her period. And Carrie keeps fighting back. And she's just like, you know, you should have told me. Everybody laughed at me. Why didn't you tell me? But the mom's not listening and the mom just makes her repeat bullshit, which isn't even in the Bible. Right. That's the important thing is not a single line of Piper Laurie's is in the Bible, actually. So then she uh, throws her into a closet where Carrie is forced to stay for several hours praying supposedly to a very gratuitous uh, statue of Jesus. Interestingly, it's not Jesus. That statue is of St. Sebastian. Who was also crucified? He was a martyr. He was not exactly crucified. So, Well, but this, this statue is a crucifixion. He's, his arms are kind of open, but he's, he's stuck with arrows. I saw. I noticed that. Jesus was never shot with arrows. I know. Um, St. Sebastian was. He was found out because of his faith. He was actually a captain of the Praetorian Guard in Rome. And... He was caught because of his faith and was put to death by the um, by Diocletian. 
and just had him shot with a bunch of arrows and then left him for dead. But this is the best part of the story. This healer lady was meant to dispose of the body and she comes across him and finds out that he's still alive. He had survived, right? And so he goes back to Diocletian and like sneaks up on him and goes, boo. And Diocletian's like, ah, it's a ghost. And he's like, ah, you should be wary of your sins. And Diocletian's like, wait a minute. Einminuten bitte. You're not a ghost. You just survived. You guys beat him with clubs until he's dead. And that's the story of St. Sebastian. (laughs) What purpose does that serve? He was a martyr for his faith and he warned of the evils of your sins. He also, he also apparently protects you from the plague. There was a town that was riddled with the plague until they had erected a statue to St. Sebastian and then it went away. That's nice. Yeah, it's one of his miracles, I guess, that makes him a saint. Anyway, not Jesus. (laughs) Something that apparently the remake did not know because they actually do use Jesus. (laughs) So eventually uh, the mom lets her out and she says, thank you, mama. And she goes upstairs and then she's staring at the mirror because she's just going crazy because she hates her life. She hates her school life. She hates her home life. Everything is miserable. Yeah. And she, with her mind, is able to make the mirror shatter. shatter. Then the mom hears it and comes upstairs and the mirror is put back together, and we don't see how that happens. It's just reassembled. It's still shattered. But the mom just doesn't doesn't notice it, that there are cracks in the mirror and all of that. So then our next shot is at school, and this teacher is reading out loud a poem which was supposedly written by Tommy Ross, possibly my favorite Stephen King character of all time. He's just a sweet guy. <laughs> He's amazing. And it's very rare that you get such an amazing character from Stephen King. Yeah. So the guy reads the poem out loud. And he's like, wow, you know, I wouldn't have guessed a athlete like you would have written this. And he's like, any criticisms? And Carrie, just out of nowhere, kind of almost to herself, says it's beautiful. Yeah. And then the teacher's a total dick to her. Carrie White. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful! (laughs) Oh, beautiful for spacious skies, for amber waves of grain. Is that the beautiful you mean, is it, Carrie? Hmm? And, like, I get it. Beautiful. Yeah, like, I get it. Teachers were probably way different back in the 70s. I understand that. I also get that there are just some asshole teachers in the world. But I cannot even imagine making fun of someone who never speaks in my class. Right. I would be so supportive of them. I I just can't, I can't wrap my mind around it. Being a dick to a kid for having, for saying that some someone else's work is beautiful. Right. And so Tommy to himself. He says, you suck. And the teacher goes, excuse me, Tommy, what did you just say? And he goes, I said, aw, shucks. Yeah. Cute. (laughs) Tommy's awesome. Yeah, no, Tommy's really cool. And he appreciates that she thought that about something that she thought he wrote. And then she appreciates that he 
stood up for her. Mm-hmm. So then we get to see what happens to all the girls who were throwing shit at Carrie. Yeah. We get the gym teacher telling them, you know, my original plan was to give you three days suspension and take away your prom tickets, to which they're all, like, devastated. Okay? Don't Can't you tell by the structure of her statement that that's not going to happen? Right. <laughs> they're all super devastated. And then she goes, however, they said that was too much. So instead you get a week's worth of detention. And they're all like, oh, thank God. And she goes... The catch is you have your week's attention with me. Right. So she's going to make them for 50 minutes every day after school. They're going to have to run and do all the shit that we all hate doing in PE. The exercise stuff. Yes. And Chris, kind of the leader bad girl, is just like, well, I'm not going to fucking do that. I'm not going to come. And she goes, fine, don't come. But if you don't come, you don't get to go to prom. Now, I know for a lot of people, you're probably, I mean, I mean, you probably are thinking, what a stupid cliche, like, oh, the popular girls care so much about prom. It's a real thing. Yeah, I don't get it. Kids kids nowadays probably, I've seen it, are a le- le- lot less into it. I don't know why. I don't know when that shift came, but I can tell you right now, when I was in, when I was in high school, it was a huge deal. I mean... I know movies, it's a cliche that all the popular girls are excited for prom. I was not a popular girl. Me and all my friends couldn't wait to go to prom. No, a friend of mine um, got their parents to rent them some motel rooms in Huntington Beach, and we just drove out there and had an anti-prom sort of thing with just like a bunch of people just hanging out. Like, we could have gone to prom. We just didn't give a fucking shit. Like, I did not care one iota about actual prom. I don't know. We all were dying looking forward to uh-huh. it. Like, I wouldn't have thought it was the end of the world if I didn't go, but I really wanted to go. Right, like, we could have gone, but oh, fuck it. Anyway. Didn't go to prom. So she goes, you know, that would have hit you right where you live, wouldn't it? And it would have. Yeah. But they have to do this. So Chris is just like, you know, I'm not gonna go. And, uh... She says, fine, don't, but don't think you're getting into prom. And she goes, you know, I don't think any of you realize how nasty what you did truly was. Shitty. Really shitty. She says both. Yeah. She says what you did was a really shitty thing, and you don't realize how nasty it truly Mm. was. Yeah. Now, I want you all to know that you did a really shitty thing yesterday, a really shitty thing. I don't think any of you have any idea of just how nasty what you did really was. A lot of the girls, I feel like they just don't get it. And that's... It hits Sue, though. It hits Sue. Sue is like, wow, you're right. You know, she has a moral compass and she realizes this was kind of shitty. Right. And, I mean, it's just so bizarre to me. I can't, I cannot wrap my mind around having a good time while making fun of someone. Apathy... And popularity. I don't get it. So Chris is very upset that she uh, might miss prom. And she's, she's trying to get everybody on her side to join her. And Sue says, shut up, Chris. Just shut up. She can't get away with this if we all stick together, Norma. Sue! Shut up, Chris. Just shut up. Totally on suicide in this one. Mm-hmm. 
Sue recognizes that what she did was wrong. She feels bad about it. So because of that, she goes and she asks Tommy Ross, her boyfriend, to take Carrie to the prom. Right. Because she feels like she needs to make up for the shitty thing that she did. So cut to Chris and John Travolta. John Travolta. Okay. Very, I won't say problematic, because it's not like it's putting John Travolta's character in a good light or anything, but he slaps her twice <laughs> in this scene for calling him a stupid shit, and he, it's like Marty McFly getting called chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he, he won't stand for it. So we're probably about 30 minutes into this movie, and there have been Four slaps. <laughs> Miss Collins slaps Carrie. Miss Collins slaps Chris. Billy slaps Chris twice. <laughs> so 75% of the slaps so far have been on Chris. <laughs> when Miss Collins does it, she's, oh, oh. And when Billy does it, it almost like kind of turns her on. <laughs> well, so what happens is... He kind of spills beer on her, and she calls him a stupid shit, dumb shit, and he keeps telling her to stop calling her that. Um, and then he slaps her, and then the reason that Chris says it turns her on is because she recognizes that she has put herself in a position where he won't be interested in her anymore. Yeah. So she, she does the one thing she knows will keep him by her side, and that's being sexual. Yeah. Anytime she starts to make him upset, that's all she has to do. Especially since she needs him on her side because she wants him to do this big prank. Any kids listening to our show? This is a perfect example of a toxic relationship. (laughs) Don't do this shit. Either of you. Dudes, do not hit your girlfriends. Girlfriends, do not lock yourself in to a shitty abusive relationship because you f- you're scared he the shitty person might leave you. Like fucking stop it. <laughs> and she sh- she all she says is I've got something I want you to do for me. And she's saying this while she's giving a blowjob. Yeah, it's she she talks a lot. Like she says his name over and over again. Like she never stops talking. Like while she's going down on him. <laughs> is the idea supposed to be that she's giving him a hand job and she's just like kissing him? No, her him? hands are like all over his body. Oh. And her head's down. <sighs> I don't know if maybe this is to get around some sort of rating requirement or something. Maybe. To be like, see, she can't have his dick in her mouth. <laughs> She's just, she just has her head down there. She's smelling it. Kissing his thigh. (laughs) Anyway, cut back to Sue and Tommy. Sue is studying and Tommy is sitting there watching TV, but you can tell by the look. Like, they don't have to tell us anything. This is what's so great about older movies. They expected us to understand human behavior. Or good movies now. To understand what's going on. Just from five seconds of watching him look at the TV, look back at her, fine, I'll do it. You already know. Yeah, they had yeah. a full-blown argument. It was it was, it was was really good direction. I and think. she was keeping that over his head. Yeah. And because of that, she wasn't hanging out with him. And if that means they weren't having sex or they weren't watching TV together, whatever, she's going to study until he mm-hmm. she gets her way. This is selection bias, though. We are pretty sure that's the bias. 
we're comparing every modern movie to just the good old movies. And yeah, of course, the older movies are going to look better by that comparison. So <laughs> good movies today do that, too. But yeah, very good direction. Good blocking. Um, it communicated a lot without any words. <laughs> so Tommy goes to find Carrie in the library. And Carrie is looking up books about miracles, which is really interesting because I would have never thought to look under miracles. I would have thought to look under telekinesis. But I think the idea is that she didn't know what telekinesis right. was. Also, she's had, an, she's had a religious upbringing and things like this are defined as miracles. Yeah. Uh, the book she actually reads from is called The Secret Science Behind Miracles by Max Freedom Long. It was written in 1948, and they get the definition that she uses. That's that's straight up in the book. It's a real book that she got. Very cool. And when he finds her and he asks her, she runs away. Yeah. Later on, she'll say, I told you no, but she didn't. She just ran away. <laughs> so then... That's um, a no, though. Let's be clear. <laughs> so then she is crying or not crying, but kind of sitting by herself, by herself. And uh, the teacher, the gym teacher comes over to her and she's like, hey, what's wrong? And she says, I was invited to the prom. And she says, why is that so bad? And she's just like, I I don't know what she says, but it, um, it amounts to I'm ugly. I know that this is a trick. No one would actually ask me. No one actually likes me. Everybody hates me. And the gym teacher gives a great pick-me-up speech. It is you centered think, around her looks. Yes, you have to think about it from the time that it came from. Right. I, that wouldn't pass muster today. No. But it is It is ultimately very sweet. Yes. Her intentions were good. And you know what? She's right. Like, Sissy Spacek, like, this is when people say, I'm going to kind of talk about the remake a little bit here. <laughs> uh, people talk about how Chloe Grace Moretz was too attractive to play Carrie, Sissy Spacek was considered attractive back then. That's the same thing people were saying when they were making this movie. Yeah, and there's there's zero reason for Carrie to be unattractive. That's not why people don't like her. Right, it's because she's weird. Yeah, she's weird. She comes from a fucked up family. Mm -hmm. She... Everybody that's listening, think about the one family on your street when you were a kid that didn't hand out candy on Halloween. Like, this is that family. This is the weirdo family that you don't want to ever interact with because you know they're going to start talking about the Bible, you know? Right. And and it's it's kind of bad because the movie's kind of saying, don't be weird, be normal, which isn't a great message. But really, you need to focus on don't treat other people shitty because they're weird. Mm -hmm. Let everyone be whoever they want to be. Let your freak flag fly. Yeah, nothing about this movie is saying that the mean girls were in the right. It's simply saying your mom is wrong. But I mean, she is. Yeah. I mean, she beats her child. Right. She abuses her child. Be as religious child. as you want to be, but this is child abuse we're seeing. <laughs> yes. So after that, the gym teacher goes and talks to Tommy and uh, Sue. And it's really great because when Carrie tells her, oh, Tommy Ross asked me, she's like, that's wonderful. He's the most, right. he's the best looking guy in school. Right. Like, this is excellent. Then she goes and she immediately is like, what are you doing? Right. And that's the best response. That is exactly what so, I would have in done. Your, in her head, she's like, okay, this is good. If this is real, I got to treat this like this is real. Carrie, this, that's the best news. Why are you upset about that? 
and then turn right around and say, no, I know what's going on here. You kids are really, you're doing another shitty thing. So Sue tries to explain, you know, it's not about that. I just thought it would be a nice thing to do for Carrie, et cetera, et cetera. Et cetera. <laughs> and the teacher turns to Tommy Who's the one that's like, look, she already said no to me, but Sue just keeps interrupting him. Then you'll try harder. (laughs) Exactly. And so the teacher turns to Tommy and she's like, Tommy, be real. Aren't you going to feel really stupid walking Carrie White into the prom? And he gets the best look on his face because he's like, what do I say to this? Right. It's like, yeah, you're right. (laughs) But like, I should be feeling indignant because that's kind of a shitty thing to say. I think Miss Collins knows that. Yeah. Like she's kind of preying on, on their, their need to be popular and normal. And like, you're going to look weird by your standards, not by the world standards, but by your standards, you're going to look foolish. So Sue interjects and says, we don't care what we look like, do we? Tom's like, I guess not. And he's like, I don't know. He's so great. He's really good. He's such an average, normal guy. But at the same time, he's such a good person. Right. Uh huh. You know, like. He's not like unbelievably good. Yeah. He's not the like bend over backwards to do everything nice for everyone. He's an average person. But he's the best kind of average person. Right. That's why I liked about going to school, little personal story for me, is that, like, you know, the the jocks, the captain of the football team and all of that, like, they were just super nice. <laughs> like, they were very personable. They talked to everybody. They never were like, oh, you're weird and pushed it. Like, because that's what Tommy is. He's he's a, a jock. He's a popular guy. Mm-hmm. But he's just he's just nice to everybody because mm-hmm. he has no reason to be bitter about anything, you know? I would say in my high school, we had zero bullying. That was not an issue. I think there was one fight my one senior year, and that is it. And zero that even, overt bullying. And that right? even yeah. happened off campus. That didn't even happen on my school campus. Mm-hmm. There was some making fun of, and there was obviously a hierarchy when it came to popularity. But nobody was cruel like this. I, I, I never saw it. If it happened, I did not witness it. Middle school is a different story, but we're not talking about that. In my (laughs) high school years, I never saw anybody just be an outright asshole to somebody. Right. Yeah. So then Tommy shows up at Carrie's house, and this is bad for Carrie. Real bad. Because the mom cannot see a boy showing up at her house. Right. And he's like, you know, will you go to the prom with me? And she's like, no, I told you no. And he's like, I'm not leaving till you say yes. And then we hear Carrie. Mm-hmm. And she's like, why is it so important to you? And he's like, because you liked my poem. Uh-huh. It's really cute. Yeah. And she keeps saying no. He keeps saying, I'm not leaving till you say yes, which is totally wrong. It's shitty. Guys, don't do that. It's shitty. I mean, this <laughs> this this one is, is well-intentioned. He's trying to get a girl like out of her shell and do something that she does like want to do, but she feels like it's going to go wrong for her. And he's trying to reassure her, but the way he's doing it is not by like, you know, saying, listen, I'll protect you. I'll make sure nobody does anything shitty to you. If, if being safe is what you're worried about, I can take care of that. No, he's saying, I'm not going to go away (laughs) until you say yes. And that's, 
shit. It's just about the shittiest thing that Tommy does in this entire movie. <laughs> but again, it's a product of its time. Right. This yeah. was very, that was, back then, that was extremely flattering. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. We just didn't see things the same way that we see them now. No. And she finally says yes. And he says, okay, I'll pick you up at eight. And she just slams the door. <laughs> right. And he's just like, okay. All right, then. <laughs> okay. Cut to the popular kids, Chris and John Travolta and a couple of their friends, and they're sneaking into a pigsty. So we still don't know what the plan is. What the plan is. Yeah. uh So we see that he kills a pig. We still don't know what he's going to do, what they're going to do, but they've got a dead pig now. It's in their inventory. Dead pig. Yes. You just know, like in an adventure game, you're going to need it somewhere down the line. You're going to dress it up like a woman and put it's, a mustache on so it. It's so hard for me to place myself in a position of not knowing what's coming. Yeah. Because everyone knows what's coming. Right. So everyone I, knows what's coming. I like to imagine what was going through the audience's uh, minds yeah. when they were first seeing this. Like, uh-huh. what did they think they were going to do? Because what they end up doing is so far removed from any kind of, I mean, I I wouldn't think to do a mean prank anyway, but how did they get from what happened? I mean, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. So the thought process here, I mean, it's strange. I guess, I guess this is like a 4-H community, so they they have a bunch of animals around. It's, it's not an uncommon place for your head to go. I fucking, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. This seems particularly insane. (laughs) So, cut back to Carrie's house, where Carrie tells her mom, I'm going to prom. And the mom says, prom? And then thunder, (laughs) and she's just like, no, you're not going. First comes the blood, then comes the boys. They're sniffing, trying to find out what that smell is. (laughs) The boys! The boys. Yes, the boys. After the blood come the boys. Like sniffing dogs. Running and slobbering and trying to find out where that smell comes from. Where the smell is. That smell. And she's like, I've already accepted mama and I'm going. And she keeps telling her, no, you're not going to go. And she says, he's a nice boy. You'll like him. And then she says, I'm going, Mama, and things are going to change around here. And she starts moving her mom around Uh and moving things around the house. And the mom becomes very much aware, oh, my God, my daughter has powers. And, of course, the the mom thinks immediately, Satan. It's it's Satan. It's the yeah. devil. The devil is inside of my daughter. Uh, she even yells out, witch. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she says, it's got nothing to do with the devil. When I use my brain, I can move things. It has nothing to do with the devil. I'd know. I'd feel it. Mm-hmm. And I think she, like, makes the lights flicker or she moves something. And she goes, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. And she goes upstairs, and it's really great. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's putting her foot down for the first time in her life to her mother. Right. So then we get a fun, uh, fun what are they called? Uh, like montage? A, it's kind of like a montage, but they are talking during it. Yeah. Of them all getting ready for the prom. Yeah. So she goes into the, and I know things were different, but she goes to the drugstore and she's trying on the lipstick. Right, straight from the actual stick. Which was a normal thing back then. I know, then. we didn't think about all the shit. Like, come on. 
you're gonna get herpes. (laughs) (laughs) And there's this bizarre scene with the guys trying on tuxedos. It's the one guy. Like, the concept of a tuxedo shirt is so fantastical that they have to stress the fact that this guy really doesn't want to wear a tuxedo. And he keeps fighting back. And the friends are... Like, it's it's this really sweet, good-natured thing. Like, nobody's a dick to anybody. It's just these guys being good friends. And then he comes out with a tuxedo shirt. And they're like, Sap, good, perfect. Love it. Awesome. <laughs> it's really... It's this very silly scene. At one point, they speed up their talking. For, unnecessarily. Yes! It's like, this one shot is too long. We're not gonna cut. <laughs> To another angle or something like that to get the rest of this line. We're just going to speed through about 15 seconds <laughs> in five seconds. Like, completely unnecessary. And it's not even so much that it's like, wow, that's a lot of talking. And that's what they're trying to stress. No. I want to know. I'm I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. What, like, what they say. Like, if I can slow that down and get what they say, maybe I'll do it. I don't look right in a tuxedo. How do you know? Do you ever put on a tuxedo? I don't have a tuxedo body. Ruffles for yourself. You always gotta make a joke, right? No, I just don't like ruffles. You don't, don't like ruffles. I know they have tuxedos here for you. But I wouldn't look right in it. So all that, and we we see all the other girls getting their hair done, and they're all whispering about the fact that Tommy Ross is taking Carrie to the prom. Now it's the night of the prom, and she is in her dress, and she's getting ready, and. The mom keeps trying to talk her out of it, and it's clear it's not working. So then the mom starts to hit herself to manipulate Carrie into staying. And that's when Carrie gets really frustrated and, using her telekinesis, forces her mom onto the bed. And every time she gets up, Carrie pushes her back down. Yeah. Sit down and be quiet. Yeah. It's very empowering. Yes. So she leaves. And we get a moment with the mom, and the mom says, thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. Yeah. She grabs the knife, and that's all we see. Then cut to the prom, and we meet the date that she's going to hang out with, and she's really nice. Yeah. And she's like, come on in. And and he even says before they go in, so like Carrie doesn't want to go in at first, and he's like, they're really not that bad of a crowd. Yeah, and nobody... If everyone ignores you or whatever, then you can just talk to me. Yeah. You're like, really sweet. Yeah. He gives her this great pep talk, and then they go in, and the girl's just like, don't the decorations look great? Don't worry. You'll sit with us. And yeah. Uh-huh. It's very, very sweet. It's too bad. Never mind. <laughs> what? It's too bad they're all going to die. No. So then uh, she's the one. The girl's like, "Oh my god, you look so beautiful! Where did you get your dress?" And she's like, "Oh, I made it." And she's really impressed. And like Carrie's getting the fine, like the first time in her life, she's getting like a friend. It's very sweet. Yeah, there is a band playing right now called yes. Vancer Towers, and the song is Education Blues. Oh, that's what. One of the lyrics from the song when they first walk in uh-huh. says, the devil's got a hold of his soul. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's clever. <laughs> of course, the band at the prom is talking about, school sucks. School sucks. <laughs> That's basically what they're saying. So they sit down, and he's like, you know, how are you feeling? Are you having a good time? Whatever. She goes, it's nice. And he goes, just nice? And she takes a moment. And she goes, no, it's like being on Mars. 
It's such a sweet moment. It's such a sweet conversation between the two of them. Then the gym teacher comes over. She gives her another pep talk explaining, like, you know, my prom was a disaster because of X, Y, and Z. And then um, the guy comes over, Tommy comes over and invites her to dance. And there's this really cute, awkward moment where she clearly doesn't know how to dance. And he has to be like, no, you put your hand here. You put your hand here. She's starting to feel uncomfortable because she knows, like, your hand's going to go on my waist. Like, she's obviously not comfortable. And he's just trying to calmly talk her through it. Here, just follow me. It's okay. Everyone else is out here. You can see nothing bad's happening. Uh, it's, It's really cute. This is also a nausea-inducing scene. Yes. So how they filmed this is really, really straightforward. The actors were effectively on a lazy Susan, spinning in one direction, and the camera was on a track rotating in the opposite direction. So they are actually spinning faster than the camera's rotating, which gives it this really disorienting and really fast feel to it gives me a headache yeah it, and it's supposed to be i think it's it's supposed to evoke she's in this dizzying moment yes yeah anyway what i was gonna say is yeah. i had a moment just like this Aww. in the sixth grade oh first guy to ever ask me to dance how did first he dance oh this is not asking you to the dance no no okay no. this was sixth grade okay um so i'm at the dance with my friends and this boy he comes up to me and he asks me to dance and it's super exciting because it's the first time a boy has ever asked me to dance. And this wasn't even like a boy I had a crush on. It was just really exciting to be asked. And he takes me out there and I, I was like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> he had to show me. A sixth grade boy had to show me how to dance. That's really cute. So I totally recognize that moment. Yeah. Just that for her it happened her senior year of high school. Yeah, you know, well, she lived a sheltered life. Um, and then he full on kisses her. Yeah. On the dance I mean, floor. that's the thing is I don't think we're supposed to believe that Tommy's going to leave Sue for her or anything no. like that. It's not his intention. He he is genuinely invested in giving her a good time because he really likes her. Mm-hmm. He sees that she's actually a really sweet girl mm-hmm. and she deserves to have an amazing prom. It's he kind of buys into what Sue's plan was. Yes. And it's really cute. Mm hmm. And she's holding on to him really tight during this dizzying scene. And she's just like, why'd you ask me? Why did you want me to come? And he's like, well, because you liked my poem. But you should know I didn't write it. Someone else did. He just totally gives it up right there. I know this might be the only reason you're interested in me at all. (laughs) I'm really curious. Hey, but that's honest. It's honest. I'm really curious as to who wrote the poem. Yeah, I didn't see anything about it. it was, I could, I didn't directly look it up, though. Like, did he just have a friend write it for him? It's so funny. <laughs> then they're told, okay, everybody sit down. You're going to vote for your prom king and queen. And they get the ballot. And she's like, oh, my God, we're on here. And he's like, yeah, I know. And she's like, who should we vote for? And he says, well, why don't we just vote for us? And she's like, we can't do that. And he goes... To the devil with false modesty. And she goes, to the devil. Right. I love that line. It's a great line. Come on. To the devil with false modesty. The devil. (laughs) (laughs) Then we see that Chris and Billy Nolan have gotten into the prom. I don't know about rural towns. 
I don't know about the 70s, but I do know that every school dance that I have ever chaperoned and have ever attended have been on lockdown. Nobody got in without a teacher checking your ID, checking yeah. your ticket, all Again, that Again, it's a different time. Exactly. Different time in a rural town, so maybe things are totally different, but... I'm just like, how yeah. on earth did you get no, in? No, it's just there are chaperones. There's somebody at the front door who's making sure you have a ticket, and that's it. So we see that they are under the stage, and they've got this long rope leading up to a bucket. And at this point, you probably have figured out that it's pig's blood. Right. If I was if I was a normal audience goer, I'd probably have figured it out by now. Right. Uh, and Sue also comes in because she's really excited to see them having the, the night of their lives. And she she's really excited to see that Carrie got prom queen. But then she notices uh, that there's this string. She starts to follow it. And following it requires her to walk out in front of the stage. Right. And where Miss Collins sees her. Yes. And she watches the string and she sees it goes up to the bucket. So then she follows the string back down and looks under the stage. And before she can do anything, she sees, oh, my God, it's Chris, mm -hmm. is right when the gym teacher grabs yeah. her. And Miss Collins is like, I knew it. You are trying to do something. You leave Carrie alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And she pushes her out and she's ignoring Sue. And we don't get to hear what Sue says, but she's obviously shouting and pointing. Yeah. So the fact that the gym teacher doesn't even bother to try and find out is a little no, silly. She, all she's focused on right now is peace for Carrie. Mm -hmm. And so just get this noise out of here and just pushes her out and slams the door closed. And that's that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the next must be a good 45 minutes. This bucket is about to fall. <laughs> Takes for fucking ever. So she pulls the string. And so she gets drenched in pig's blood. Now, the first person to laugh is Chris's friend, Norma, who is played by the friend from... Uh, yeah, we just we just talked about her. It's uh, PJ Souls. She is in um, I know. Halloween. Ahaha, there you go. It's because of this that she got the part in Halloween, I think. Yeah, so she laughs first when uh, Carrie gets dumped with the blood. And at first, everyone is just like, what am I looking at? Like, what happened? And then the bucket falls and knocks Tommy out. And that gets a bunch of people to start laughing. Yeah, because it's funny. It's really not funny. It's not. Because fucking Tommy is dead. Tommy dies. That bucket landing on his head kills him. They murdered somebody. Yes. The blood is bad enough, but they murdered somebody. It's not murder if they didn't mean to. It's manslaughter. Manslaughter. Yes. Manslaughter. Mm-hmm. So, Carrie goes nuts. <laughs> Carrie loses it. So, at first, she's in shock, right? But then she finds out about Tommy and... She rages. The rage. Right. <laughs> and the movie doesn't really make it clear because we, see, get, we get a shot of Carrie's face and her eyes are all wide. It's the famous picture of Carrie. And the camera does this thing where it starts to spiral. It's like a kaleidoscope, mm -hmm. making it almost feel like it's in her mind that people are not actually laughing. 
Right. I don't – I think that's up for debate. I, I do. I definitely think that you could interpret that either way and either way is valid because it is framed in such a way and they are laughing in such a way that she might just be imagining it. Which is odd because in the book people actually are laughing. Right. There's no question. They laughed. Uh-huh. Um, and it is during the scene that she kills people in every which way possible by crushing them, fire, oh, man, hosing. The pinching between the bleachers. Mm-hmm. They pull the bleachers out and try to run up them to get out the window and she slams them closed. Mm-hmm. The dude spits up blood. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Yeah. Even Miss Collins gets it. Now, in the book... She does not die, but she does laugh. Yes. Also in the book, Carrie isn't in the gym when it happens. She runs out and closes everyone in from outside and causes all this havoc. But so Carrie sees her laugh. She stops laughing and tries to talk to Carrie, but Carrie can read her mind and she knows she was laughing. Yeah. uh And forevermore after that. She could no longer be a teacher because she feels so guilty. Right. Which is just crazy. Why would anyone laugh at that? Right. Why? Right. Like, well, I, I, I can't imagine. Having blood dumped on someone? I would be someone, mortified. I would immediately run up to her and just be like, oh my God, are you okay? Yeah, no, like, come on, we're getting you off this stage. Let's go. It wouldn't even occur to me to laugh. Right. Not even instinctually nothing. Like, it's... okay. When, when the bucket hits Tommy's it's head, a little it looks it, it looks silly. It looks silly, yes. <laughs> but he drops to the floor. Yeah, and he's pissed when he when the blood first fell. He's like, "What the hell is that?" But before he can do anything about it, the uh-huh. thing hits him. And if it hadn't, maybe he could have saved everybody. Yeah, but he died. Mm-hmm. Really sad. Yeah, not only was he not there to comfort Carrie, he was dead, which is what set her off. Yeah. So she kills everybody in there, but before she could get to them, Billy Nolan and Chris ran out of the gym. Now, what they don't explain in either version is how the hell Carrie gets in front of them. Because Carrie gets out of the gym as well, and she's walking down the street, and along come Chris and Billy in the car. And, like, if they got out before her, wouldn't they be long gone by now? Like, why? How does she walking get in front of them in a car going full speed? But anyway, it doesn't matter. So Billy Nolan is driving, and he tries to hit Carrie. Carrie turns around and looks at him, and the car flips. I wrote down, wow. (laughs) They literally just spun the film for the car crash. Really? You you didn't notice that? No. So it's not like the camera didn't rotate. The camera was always level with them, and then they literally just rotated each of the shots so you can see the black bars on the sides and on the top as it goes around like you see this box rotating really really obvious i've never noticed that i don't know if that was the preferred way to do it where he's like oh this is gonna be neat or if it was just the cheap way to do it it was it looked silly it looks silly i've never noticed that yeah 
go back and watch it. It's pretty silly. I think because usually at this point I'm pretty checked out because, like, I've seen it so many times. Yeah. You know? Like, I know what's coming. I got to the good part. (laughs) Anyway. Carrie goes back home. Yes. So Carrie walks home. Oh, they die. They're dead. Yes. Chris Chris and Billy. She makes it explode. Yeah. She Mm -hmm. makes the car explode. So she walks home. She gets in the bathtub, rinses off all the blood, gets out, finds her mom. And she's just like, Mama, you were right. They all laughed at me. Hold me. Mm -hmm. The mom behind her back takes a knife and stabs her daughter while she's saying the Lord's Prayer. Right. I mean, she. I forget which part of the movie it happens, but she tells her, like, I should have killed you. Yeah. I should have killed you when you I were think born. it's it's at the beginning when she comes home. Yeah. After the period incident. Right. I think she says oh, to you're her a then woman now. I should, I should have, have killed you then when I should I had have brought the taken you down or something. Right. When you yeah. the day you were born. I felt that there was something evil about you and all that jazz. And so she's like, well, Well, no, it's gonna- not that. It's just that she is the product of sin. Right. And sin is evil. So it's it's not like she knew she was going to kill people, but she knew she was sinful and always would be. And so I'm going to take care of what I should have taken care of a long time ago. And Carrie puts up with a surprising amount of this because, I mean, I'm sure she's hurt and distracted by that. But she's more concerned with pleading with her mom than stopping her mom until finally she's like, nope. And she just stops her and freezes her mom Mm -hmm. and then throws her up against the doorway, the entryway between like the kitchen and the living room or whatever, and sends all the scissors. Scissors, is it? Knives. Yeah. Anything sharp in the house. In the kitchen. In the kitchen. You're right. Um, And then does similar to St. Sebastian. Piercing her everywhere. And, and a little she sounds bit of the crucifix like she's thing. orgasming the whole time. Yeah, uh-huh. It's even worse in the remake. Yeah. And then brings the house down. She makes the house collapse in on them because she's just so distraught. It's like, what else is she gonna fucking do? You know? <laughs> right. She's they can't really prove that she's responsible for all the deaths in the Jim, without yeah. acknowledging that there are people with superpowers. Right. But still, what the fuck else is Carrie going to do? Right. So I, she, yeah, she makes the house collapse. Um, killing her. Killing her. Cut to Sue's mom, who's on the phone while Sue is taking a nap. And she's explaining, you know, she's not doing well. She's having horrible nightmares. But the doctor says she's so young, she'll forget everything that happened. She's 17. She's 17 <laughs> years old. It's not like she's two. Exactly. She is not a little kid. She's going to remember this for the rest of her life. What the fuck are you talking about? So we see Sue uh, presumably on another day. Walking down the street um, towards the lot where Carrie's house used to be. And it's really bizarre and it has this really weird look about it. And that's where there's been this like crucifix put up for Carrie and somebody graffitied on it. Carrie White burns in hell. Mm -hmm. And Sue sits down at at the gravestone, the grave marker, 
and sets some flowers down, right, flowers, Mm -hmm. on her grave. And when she does that, out from the gravel comes a hand and snatches her. Scared me so bad when I I was a kid. So much. Because you're really not expecting that. Mm -hmm. And then immediately cut to her waking up from a nightmare. Screaming. Screaming in the same bed that we saw her in earlier. Now, the reason that looks weird is because Brian De Palma filmed everything of her walking to the th- to the the gravesite um in reverse cars moving backwards and everything. Oh, I didn't and know. And then that. and then played it forward. So the movement is supposed to look a little off and weird. Hmm. Um to give it that sort of nightmare like quality even though it's sun shining during the daytime and birds chirping and really it really makes you feel comfortable but there's something weird about it. Mm-hmm. Um and that is actually Sissy Spacek's hand. She refused to let a double do it. And so, like, they needed to put her in a box underground and get the set ready and prepare all the actors and everything. And apparently you could hear her calling out from in the box being like, are we ready to go yet? <laughs> um, she said, no, I have to do it. I had to do it. Oh, and Brian De Palma didn't want to do it because he felt guilty about it. So he had the art director do it for him. The art director is Jack Fisk, who was actually Sissy Spacek's husband. So he did it for her. And, of course, I'm going to say something that probably everybody knows. The famous thing. This book is pretty spot on with... I mean, this movie is pretty spot on with the book. There are differences. There there are several differences, but not enough to make you... like, Like I said at the beginning, Stephen King loves this movie. Now, Stephen King did not write that ending. That ending was made for the film. And they had told him before he even saw it that this is what's going to happen. She's going to put down the flowers. Sissy Spacek's going to grab her. And it's going to be a jump scare. And even though he knew it was going to happen, according to Stephen King, he literally screamed and jumped in the theater. (laughs) Yes. In his words, and I'm going to quote this again when when we introduce the remake, but in his words... I mean, it's not Casablanca or anything, but it's a really good horror suspense film, much better than the book. Oh, yeah. As opposed to The Shining, with he hate which he hates with every essence of his being. <laughs> <laughs> also, famous thing about the book, um, just funny because you said it, he liked it better than the book, which is interesting. He actually initially threw away Carrie. Yes, and his wife took it out and saw it in the trash and took it out. He was, like, ready to give up. He had not been successful in writing. Um, He was an alcoholic at this point. uh, And she saw that he had thrown it away, and she took it out and read it and really liked it and said, no, you are finishing this. You are publishing this. And sure enough, it was his first published novel. Really great. It is. All right. That is the plot of Carrie. Whew. Lightning round. Did you get through almost everything you wanted to get through? I think I got through everything. All right. I'm going to talk about marriage a little bit here. Sissy Spacek, as I said, was married to Jack Fisk. Originally, Amy Irving was going to play Carrie. Amy Irving is Sue. And the other girl, Nancy Allen, who played Chris, I think was going to play Sue or something like that. And uh, Jack Fisk... 
the art director, convinced De Palma to audition his wife. And he liked her so much that he shuffled all the actresses around to what we actually ended up getting. So, Sissy Spacek, the uh, the star of the movie, and the art director, Jack Fisk, married. Nancy Allen, the woman who played Chris, the villain of the show, ended up marrying Brian De Palma. And they did more movies together, including Blowout which is that John Travolta movie that we never saw where he he's recording audio because he's like a sound director or something like that. And oh. he records an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd really like to see that. I haven't seen it, but, but uh, yeah, so they, they did a lot of stuff together since. So they were married. Uh, and finally, there's a story that PJ souls says happened. Um, Brian De Palma invited Steven Spielberg to the set. And ostensibly, it was because of all the pretty girls that were going to be there. And according to PJ Souls, I had no corroboration to this. <laughs> he asked out like every one of the girls on the set, including Amy Irving. And she was the only one who said yes. And they ended up getting married. Good so for her. Yeah, I mean, they were only married for like four or five years, but uh, they did have a kid together. So a lot of marriage relationships going on here. (laughs) This is another commonly known thing. Apparently, Piper Laurie, who played Carrie's mom, Margaret, read the script and thought that it was so over the top that it wasn't a horror film, that it was actually a black comedy. And when Brian De Palma said, no, it's a horror movie, she's like, whatever. (laughs) And she continued to play it like it was comedic. Because she's like, this is ridiculous. It's funny. She still says that it's it's a comedic performance. (laughs) Awards. Let's talk awards for this film. Okay. Sissy Spacek was nominated for an Academy Award, Best Actress in a Leading Role. Piper Laurie was nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role. Holy shit. Yes. The film got nominated for uh, Golden Scroll at the Academy of Science Fiction, Fantasy, and Horror Film Awards, uh, nominated for Best Horror Film, and something called the Avoriaz Fantastic Film Festival. I'm sorry I don't recognize that name. I'm sorry if I'm offending anybody. I probably should know it. Um, gave the grand prize to Brian De Palma. Um, and it was nominated for an Edgar Allan Poe Award for Best Motion Picture. So the movie did pretty dang well. It was a financial success as well. It got like some order of magnitude more than its budget was uh, back. Uh, Lawrence Cohen, who wrote the screenplay, went on to uh, write the script to carry the musical. Did you actually see that? I did. And tell us about it. It's always hard to tell the first time you see a musical if you didn't like it, if it's because of the cast or the direction or if it's just a bad show. You have to, I I believe that for a musical, you need to see it a couple of times. Um, It was bad when I saw it. (laughs) Yes. So when it originally uh, was performed in the 80s, it lasted five performances on Broadway before it was shut down because uh, nobody cared about it. It's an 
awful failure on Broadway and one of the most famous failures on Broadway. For some reason, in the early 2010s, some at some point, they resurrected it and brought it back. That's when I saw it. Yeah, um, which is nuts. Also, in addition to adapting Carrie, he also wrote the screenplay for the It miniseries. Ah. So he's done some some successful Stephen King adaptations, one that ones that King actually likes. Cool. And finally, Kelsey, you'll care about this. I won't because I've never watched the whole movie. Okay. The soundstage where the prom sequence was filmed was the same soundstage where they filmed The Burning of Atlanta and Gone with the Wind. Really? Yeah. That's just a little tidbit of trivia for you. That's very cool. All right, Kelsey. Yes. What do you think Carrie got on Rotten Tomatoes? 93. Seriously? That's exactly right. Ha <laughs> ha! I thought you were going to say it was like way under. No. And I was going to be like, uh. 93%. Carrie is a horrifying look at supernatural powers, high school cruelty, and teen angst. And it brings us one of the most memorable and disturbing prom scenes in history. Mm-hmm. Metacritic which tend to gravitate more towards the middle of the scale. So if it's a high-rated film on Rotten Tomatoes, it'll be a little bit lower on Metacritic, 85. Still very good for Metacritic. Mm-hmm. Overrated or underrated? Well, Metacritic is underrated. I don't know. I'm kind of bouncing between 90 and 93. You gotta choose. Fine. You have to assign a number to your feelings. I'll pick 92. <laughs> 92. All right. That's a good one. I'll go with um, 89. I don't think, unlike others, that the movie does a very successful job of maintaining a level of tension throughout its runtime. Oh, I disagree. I know. Like I said, I know I'm the odd one out on that. <laughs> um. I think what really carries this <laughs> what really carries this movie for me <laughs> is knowing where you're going. I think if I was just watching this movie and didn't know anything about it, I'd be like, "What the fuck is happening? Why hasn't anything happened?" Like you get the little punctuations of her with her mom, but there's like barely anything with her, you know, and her telekinetic powers that's not a violent outburst. So like you know, there's nothing endearing about her powers ever at any point. It's great when she gets to shove it in her mom's face. Yes, it is. It is, which is why I still think it's a great movie. I think 89 is a fantastic score. Well, what's interesting about what you just said is that the book, you don't, I don't think you find out what actually happens until the end, like in the movie, but the difference is, is that the book is told from various people's perspectives that are all being interviewed by police officers. I think that that's pretty cool. And so you know it's building up to right. something big. Also, the villain is 100% unsympathetic. You do not care one iota about her. And then she's just literally waved off at the end of the movie and... Like, she doesn't even get to appreciate the fact that there's any sort of comeuppance for her bad behavior. Like, there is no lesson learned for fucking anybody except for Sue, who learned that lesson at the beginning of the movie. 
don't care. It feels so good when they sure. when their car turns sure. over and then yeah. it explodes. It's just like fuck you, Chris. <laughs> I totally. Hey, <laughs> I'm gonna isolate that sound. Um, totally get it. I get it. It's I I feel like I needed something a little bit more uh, emotionally, which is you know. Plus, it's there's there's too much comedy. <laughs> Like, in the scenes where it's not awful and horrific and full of child abuse and murder, <laughs> it's like, waka waka. You know, oh, look at the kids. They're talking really fast. And Again, this guy comes a, out with this tuxedo. Like, I think it could have done without the moments of comedy. It is a product of its time. Yes, absolutely. It feels incredibly seven. It's incredibly It 70s. is incredibly seven. <laughs> um, all right. Great. So, that is... 1976's Carrie. But this is a double feature episode. The late night double feature show. So we gonna do it again. Mm-hmm. There are actually three different versions of Carrie. There's this, in, in addition to the, the book, obviously, there's this version that we just talked about. There's one from 2002 that was made for TV. And then there's the new one we're going to talk about from 2013. And I've seen all of them. <laughs> when Stephen King found out they were remaking Carrie again, he said, the question is why? <laughs> when the original is so good. And this is where that quote comes from. I mean, it's not Casablanca or anything, but a really good horror suspense film, much better than the book. So when you're working with that and you're remaking it, let alone shot for fucking shot, like almost of the time, almost like, yeah, but it's like, we're actually not going to talk about the (laughs) plot run through at all when we talk about the, the remake, because it's virtually the same movie. We're just going to talk about about the differences differences. and why it's nowhere near as good as the original. Right. So (laughs) before we get to that though, slash cards, show me what you've got. Here's a really easy question, but I'm asking it because it's the movie we just watched. In what year was Brian De Palma's Carrie released? 1976. I didn't even need to look at the screen. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Kelsey. This one's a little bit harder, but I think more intriguing. Okay. Name four horror movies about madness or insanity. So like Jacob's Ladder. Jacob's Ladder is one. I mean, do you count, like, Black Christmas? In the remake, he's in an insane asylum. Sure. I'll count Black Christmas. (laughs) There's a very famous movie whose title actually is about being crazy. Well, there's Maniac. So, like, would Dance Macabre? I would say Dance Macabre counts. So then Split, too. Split would count as well. Although, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say D.I.D. is insanity but sure well it's madness sure we'll give it to you the reason i, I was mean there's asking, billions i yeah, mean I know. It's, you just that's why you need to name four of them it's just it's hard to narrow it down because i don't know exactly what is in those parameters so the examples that the card uses it gets yeah. gives you four number one is jacob's ladder mm-hmm. number two is psycho wouldn't you consider that a split personality I would say it's more like preserving the bod- the dead body of his mother and pretend like taking on her identity is a little bit different than just having DID. Okay. Plus two more, which relate to this show, Black Swan and 
Black Swan and Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue. Perfect Blue is on. Perfect there? Blue is on this card. How funny. We will eventually do. But see, Perfect Blue and Black Swan. See, I wouldn't consider Black Swan. It is absolutely about madness. It is one hundred percent about madness. <laughs> So, Carrie, 2013, directed by Kimberly Pierce, who spells her name wrong. (laughs) It's P-I-E-R-C-E. Come on. Who spells it P-E-I-R-C-E? You know what, though, Kimberly, you do you. (laughs) Writing credits go to both Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and Lawrence D. Cohen. And, of course, Stephen King for writing the original novel upon which it is based. And stars Chloe Grace Moretz. Julianne Moore, and it is the film debut of Ansel Elgort. This movie is not available to stream for free at all, which is a real big bummer. It is available to rent or buy. Three or four dollars to rent it, like 12 to 15 dollars to buy it. I mean, to paraphrase Stephen King, why? You know, like, if you watched the first one with us, why would you watch this one? There's no reason to. If you own it already, or you know what, you might as well burn $3 out of your wallet. It does a ahead. couple of things that are closer to the book than the original, but it modernizes very, very it. Few. It modernizes it. Like, literally, there's one thing that I thought it could have done a lot with, and it didn't. So. Right. <laughs> right. And we'll we'll get to that in a minute. So maybe don't watch it unless you're bored. Chloe Grace Moretz is a great actress. She is. I really enjoy her work. Usually, this just wasn't good. I I fully blame the director. Kimberly Pierce, you've been called out. I'm I'm blaming you. Or Julianne Kimberly Moore. Pierce, Piers? I don't know how you pronounce your name. Julianne Moore, you can always tell when she has a good a, a good director and when she has a bad director. She's one of, she's, <laughs> she's one a of litmus those test. Yes. <laughs> She's one of those actors who, in good hands, can be great. Which is why when she's in a Paul Thomas Anderson film, she's fucking incredible. Mm -hmm. And when she's in this, (laughs) not so much. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Interesting. All right. So make your decision based on that, people, I guess. (laughs) And watch it or don't. And when we come back, we will talk about 2013's Carrie. Mama, if I concentrate hard enough, I can make things move. What if you discovered a power? There are other people out there who can do what I can do. You're a witch. No, Mama. On October 18th. The other kids, they think I'm weird. What makes her different? If the two of you are planning some kind of joke on a poor, lonely girl. We'll make her deadly. Normally, this would be the part where I ask you what happens in Carrie, but we literally went through all of that. So let's instead talk about Kelsey. What's different about Carrie from 2013? So this Carrie starts with Carrie's birth. Yes. And in the book, we get Carrie's birth scene as well. Right. And there's a there's a mirroring scene here beginning and end, uh, which we get through the virtue of them filming this scene and not in the original version, um, she 
goes to bring some knives down and is stopped by herself, maybe, but it's a pretty abrupt stop. In the end, she does something similar to try because she keeps stabbing, like she stabs her repeatedly and brings the knife down and it stops in the same exact place right before hitting Carrie in the face. Mm. Um, so there's a little bit of a mirrored effect in this movie that you don't get in the original. Again, it's like poetry, so that they rhyme. Anyway, so we get the birth scene. Yeah, and she's screaming, and there's blood everywhere. There's a there's a bloody Bible on the floor, and she th- she's asking God to save her. She thinks it's a cancer. Right. She thinks she doesn't know she's pregnant, which is a it's a bit much. I mean, it happens. I have a friend who did not know she was pregnant. Yeah. So but like Julianne Moore, as thin as she is, yeah, gets an obvious baby bump mm-hmm. and has no idea she's pregnant. I don't know. She that just it's... thinks that it's a giant tumor on her stomach. I don't. Yeah, it's not super clear. Like for all we know, when she says, "Is it a cancer?" She's talking she... metaphorically. Yeah, maybe. Who but knows? I wouldn't necessarily put it past her character to just be like, "Oh, I have a cancer. I'm just going to sit in my bed and pray every day." <laughs> but she has a job. Like she has to survive somehow, right? Like I, it's it beggars belief. So then the movie cuts to what in the original was a volleyball scene. Now it's water polo. It's interesting that they chose to include the birthing scene, but they chose not to include the one other scene that we get of Carrie when she's younger from the novel. Okay. In fact, none of the versions of Carrie include this. Tell me about it. So Carrie is like, I don't know, five, eight, somewhere in there. And she has wandered into her neighbor's yard. And her neighbor, she's like, I don't know, like a 16 or an 18-year-old girl, and she's suntanning in a bikini. And Carrie goes to her, and she says, I hope I get those one day. And the girl goes, oh, do you mean my breasts? And she goes, yeah. And the girl's like, don't you worry, honey. Every girl gets them. You'll, yours will be just as big as mine or whatever. Jesus. And Carrie goes, no, I won't. Mama says you only get them if you're a sinner. <laughs> and the daughter's like uh and then the mom like hears it and like they have like a a squabble Uh the moms do it's really funny um and i'm surprised that not another single version decided to keep that i'm surprised both versions use the term dirty pillows (laughs) anyway so swim practice i would find it hard to believe that Carrie's mom wouldn't write her a note to get her out of wearing a, a bathing suit. Because you can do that. Right. At public school, we can't go against your beliefs. If your religious right. beliefs say that you can't wear a bathing suit like that, especially we can't when, do anything about especially it. Especially when school fought, had to fight to even get her to attend. This movie talks about that, where mom tried to homeschool, but the, the school was concerned that it wasn't like, they she wasn't actually getting an education. They don't tell you that. They don't say that. No, the principal says we had to take your mother to court to prevent her from homeschooling. Yeah, but they don't say why. We know why. (laughs) They wouldn't care otherwise. People homeschool all the time, but you need to meet certain standards. And obviously Margaret was just going to (laughs) teach quotes from a fake Bible, (laughs) which, by the way, in this version, Carrie calls her out on. Mm -hmm. 
the fact that those quotes aren't even in the Bible. That's not even in the Bible. It doesn't say that anywhere. Uh, And the figure in the closet is actually Jesus. Yes. In this one. It's not St. Sebastian. Also, an interesting little thing that they added here. A girl, the ball comes, she misses it. Oh, everybody Uh laughs. Yeah. But when Carrie fucks up, Chris says, you eat shit, just like she does in the original. Yeah, but then she laughs to Sue or to the other girl. I think what I the, what I saw was, so Carrie serves the ball and it hits Sue on the back of the head, which makes Chris laugh, which makes everyone oh, laugh. Yeah, uh-huh. And then Carrie starts to laugh. And I think what it is, is that Sue, not Sue. Chris recognizes that Carrie is laughing, uh-huh. and then she goes, you eat shit. Uh-huh. Right? Which is bullshit. The teacher's right there. Are you totally. kidding? If totally. a student said that to another student in my class, she'd be out the door. She'd be in tons of trouble. Okay, so we should just prepare <laughs> any movie that involves school <laughs> and any capacity that's going to be a long episode. <laughs> When there's the poem recital in the class, Carrie's the one who's reciting her favorite poem, not Tommy, Mm -hmm. right? So that's a small change. When Chris is trying to get everyone to rebel and not take part in the punishment, she approaches Sue and Sue just turns away as opposed to saying, just shut up or whatever it is she says in the original movie, which I really liked in the original. And this one, I'm like, oh, that makes Sue kind of weak. She just turns away. Well, also, an inter- a weird little thing that they changed. I don't get it at all. Uh, when when Carrie's mom puts her in the closet, Carrie is screaming and she makes the door crack. Yeah. Which is new. But also, she shouts at her mom, God, you suck. God, you suck. <laughs> Kate, there is no way she would have the guts to say that to her mom yet. Right. Margaret works at the dry cleaners, which is a new development. And while she's talking to Sue's mom, she's like self-flagellating. She's cutting herself. Yeah. Basically to prevent from like losing her mind talking, talking to, to this, Sue's mom. To Sue's mom. Yeah. Um, instead which, of Margaret visiting Sue's house. Again, is like the book. Um, in the book, it's not that she works at a dry cleaners, but she does alterations. Right. That's she her does, job. And this, she does alterations for the dry cleaners, which is why Sue's mom is surprised to see her at the front. Because she's like, oh, I didn't expect you. I thought one of the owners were going to, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We also get a scene where she practices her powers a little bit and floats books. And I know, I know in the original I was like, can we see her use her powers in fun ways where blah, blah, blah. But this is bad. It's really bad. I don't know what the director was thinking. I don't know either. I don't know how anyone looked at the way Chloe um, was moving her body, and no one was like, maybe tone down a little bit. Right. Maybe right. just a little. It's bizarre. We'll talk about her writhing a little bit later, too. Chris's dad tries to get her out of her punishment. This is something that's in the book, a little bit different than the book, but it's not in the original version. He shows up and is like, we're going to take you to court. And Miss Desjardins, which is the actual name of the character in the book, mm-hmm. um, says, you know, I, I know a way we can settle this right now. If she didn't have anything to do with it, then she won't have that video on her phone. 
you know, and... And Chris refuses to give her phone. Right. And so the dad kind of gives it up. Right. Yeah. Also, there's just little teeny tiny differences here and there. He does actually... Tommy actually does call his teacher an asshole in this one. Mm-hmm. Um, That's what I was thinking of. And then when the teacher goes, what? He says, awesome poem. Yeah. <laughs> so both times they used something that sounds like what they said. <laughs> When Tommy finds her in the library, he sees that she's reading a book about telekinesis, and he goes, oh, is that hypnosis? Yes. Come on. Why would anyone think that telekinesis and hypnosis are the same thing? In 2013? Come on, dude. There's no way you didn't read X-Men when you were eight. Also, he's a <laughs> lacrosse player, and lacrosse players, top notch. No, it's such a garbage sport that they put in movies as if as if any school in the history of ever actually plays lacrosse. Yes, I, I know. Yes, I know. A lacrosse player. <laughs> I understand it's a real thing, but it is so fucking uncommon. But it's in every high school movie ever. You might as well hot. have them. You <laughs> might as well have them play ultimate frisbee. You know what most schools have? Football. It's more bizarre not to have a football team than it is not to have a lacrosse team. Why is it always lacrosse? <laughs> Why is it always lacrosse? <laughs> we also see the first time she holds her mom up and like floats her that she does the finger thing, which looks real dumb, real dumb. I don't know how they didn't see that coming. I don't know how this movie came out in 2013 and then Suicide Squad came out in what, 2016? <sighs> how did they not see it coming that people would mock this? I don't know. It looks dumb. It looks really dumb. The only person who kind of, kind of gets away with it is, what's her name? The Olsen sister from The Avengers. She does a finger thing. That still looks dumb, but uh, you kind of accept it in, in, in an Avengers movie. Like, but the writhing and the finger things, and yeah, it doesn't look cool. Stop trying to make it look cool. Fetch is not going to happen. Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Yeah, I in the original, it's so great. She just has this crazed look on her face, yeah. and all she has to do is look at you, right? And then it happens. This is like her That's, arms outstretched and she's controlling you and like she's a fucking magician. Yes, but it requires movement of her entire upper torso. Yeah. It looks really bad. Like, I, I really would love to talk to this director and be like, what were you thinking? Right. When they go to kill the pig, Billy's friend is the one who says, who taunts the pig and says, I'm going to smash your head in or whatever. And then he just can't bring himself to do it. So Billy does it. And then Billy gets Chris to actually cut it open to get the blood. So we actually see all that, which is stuff that we don't get in the original. Then Sue, who is doing decorations for the prom, starts to feel nauseous. And then she runs to the girls' restroom at the high school and throws up in one of the stalls, which is the universal symbol for this girl pregnant. <laughs> and Which is in the book. Yeah, but it seems like filler here. Apparently, from what I know, they bring it up again one time in the movie, but apparently, like, nothing comes of it in the book. She just, like, thinks she's pregnant, but it's never confirmed, and she never, like, 
gets a baby bump or anything like that. But I, I think it's probably tying that into whole young women and having dying. kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is there something after Tommy's dead? Yeah, right. But it just it seemed like filler a little bit when Carrie is this whole movie is filler. Yeah. <laughs> when Carrie is making her own dress. She's pedaling the sewing machine without her feet. <laughs> I wrote down, they still say dirty pillows. <laughs> I can see your dirty pillows. Everyone will. Breasts, mama. Breasts. So in this movie, she pins the flower to her dress, which when I saw it, I was like, what the fuck is going on? She asked her mom to do it. Yeah, she asked her mom to do it. Her mom won't do it, whatever. But she pins it to her dress, and I'm just like, what is happening here? Have things changed since I was in high school? And then he gets there, Tommy does, and he's like, oh, let me fix that. He takes it off, and he's like, I believe this is supposed to go on your wrist. Right. It's, it's cute. really cute. Ansel Elgort is really adorable in this. He has this weird accent thing he's trying to put on. <laughs> Ansel, baby, stop it. It's because he's Tommy Ross. Anyone who plays Tommy Ross is automatically adorable. But he's adorable. super charming. Yeah. He really, he's really Tommy is. Ross. When the blood drops, they show video on screen uh, of the tampon scene from the beginning, mm-hmm. which just seems particularly excessive. Carrie actually goes to Tommy when he gets hit on the head by the bucket and acknowledges the fact that he is dead. And cries. Yeah, that doesn't happen in the original. So it feels like she has more of a reason to behave the way that she does. It reinforces that, oh, no, this is it. Like, as opposed to the first one where he gets hit on the head, people laugh more and they kind of ignore the fact that Tommy's kind of collapsed on the stage. In this one, it's like, oh my God, you fuckers killed Tommy. The only good thing in my life. <laughs> the writhing, the writhing, the writhing. Man, the writhing looks dumb. So, not once, not twice, not even three times, but four times we watch the blood. Love it. Oh I love God, it. God, it's so I dumb. love it. It's great. It's stupid. It's great. It's... Over the top and ridiculous. It's an over the top and ridiculous concept. <laughs> I'm totally fine with it. We also didn't talk about the fact that Tommy picked her up in a limo. Yeah. He's so cute. He did. Uh, um, but yeah, four times with the fucking blood. Number one, Miss Desjardins survives in this version, just like in the book, unlike in the original film. Number two, she fucking flies carrie flies in this version kind of like from the stage she like lifts up and flies out over like it's a fucking x-men movie i don't remember that no i was pretty much checked out (laughs) at this point but you did recognize something with the car it's this really stupid thing um but he's driving and she chris is screaming at him like you know get her hit her get her whatever yeah And his response is really strangely acted. I got this. Run down. Kill her. Kill her, Billy. Kill her, Billy. Kill her. Shut up. I got this. It's really weird the way he says it. Again, director, what the fuck? How many, like, how hard is it to get get an actor to say, I got this? 
Yeah. But he doesn't say it that way. I got this. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. I don't know if English isn't his first language or what, but it is very bizarre. He puts the emphasis on the wrong syllable, <laughs> emphasis on the wrong syllable. Mm-hmm. And Carrie actually brings rocks down on the house when attacking her mom and destroying the home. And Sue is there for this. She shows up and is like, Carrie, come on, as the house is collapsing, let's get you out of here. Sue's really super protective. It's another opportunity for her character to show she actually cares. Um, Which she does. She does. We didn't really say this. Like, she full on says we we got what we deserved. Right. Like, she does a bad thing in the beginning. She immediately recognizes it. She asks for, like, she basically, I guess in a roundabout way, asks for forgiveness. She takes her penance and... She does good things for the rest of the movie, right? Like in both versions. And this one, she's like, come on, there's no reason to collapse this house around you. We can we can do something about this. Let's get you out of here. And Carrie stops her kind of aggressively and then says like, oh, it's a baby girl. And then like pushes her out onto the sidewalk. Yeah, because. She like kind of gently lays her down on the sidewalk. Because Carrie's response is like, why did you have to get involved in my life? Yeah. Look at all that has happened because you did this. Mm-hmm. I've now killed my own mother. Yeah. Who I love, mm-hmm. who I want back. So I'm just going to go ahead and kill myself because my life is shit. Yeah. Basically. And we didn't talk about how awful Julianne Moore is in this movie. I mean, I don't think she's any more awful than Piper Laurie is. I think it's a very similar performance. Piper Laurie, I know she played it, like you said, as a comedy. But I believe her performance way more than I believe Julianne Moore. I think Julianne Moore is being like, okay, this is ridiculous, but she really believes it. And those are the two things that she be ridiculous and really believe it. And that's like the only thing that was going through her head when she was acting. I think you're right. I think Julianne Moore is better in the hands of, of a more competent director. Mm-hmm. What has this director even done outside of this? So, Kimberly Pierce, she did basically nothing except for um, Boys Don't Cry. That's right. She did Boys Don't Cry, then she did Stop Loss, and then she did Carrie. And that's just about it. I mean, technically, she has 16 directing credits. She did a lot of TV and stuff, but... Those are the biggest, those are the big movies. I don't know what they were thinking giving her Carrie. Yeah, I don't know. So, that's the plot differences in Carrie. Do you have anything to say about the movie, Kelsey? There's one other difference I really wanted to mention. Mm-hmm. It's a tiny thing again. Yeah. In the original film, when Chris is talking about the uh, the prom votes. Yeah. She says specifically, um, I'm probably getting the line wrong, but it amounts to they won't win by a long shot. No one else will. Yeah. So Carrie and Tommy are going to have way higher score than anybody else. Yeah. Whereas in this movie, it's by one vote. And that's important because it sounds like Carrie and Tommy, who voted for themselves again, are the reason they won. But that doesn't make any sense because Chris... Did it on purpose. No, they did replace the ballots. Yeah, they replaced but the ballots. But what they're, what they're saying is that had Carrie not agreed with Tommy to vote for her themselves, then they wouldn't have won. And none of this would have happened. No, but that doesn't, that's bullshit because Chris rigged it. 
Right. She rigged it so that Carrie and Tommy would win. And she rigged it apparently so they only won by one vote. And Well, they didn't replace number one, they didn't replace all the ballots, but I think you're right. I think Carrie and Tommy's ballot was one of the ones that was taken out anyway. Mm-hmm. So I see what you're getting at. So yeah. it's like mm-hmm. why change that? Why include it? Right. I guess to make it believable. It makes it sound like Carrie and Tommy's vote meant something. It meant nothing. It was tossed out anyway. Yeah. So I said this in the first one. I believe it much more so in this one. They keep focusing so much on Carrie's desire to just be normal. The other kids, they they think I'm weird. I don't want to be. And so it seems like that's the movie's thesis. Whereas it's something you could infer in the first one. It's something you can infer in the book. This movie, more than the other one, just makes it seem like the movie's thesis is be normal. No, she full on says, I want to be just like them. Right. I want to be like everyone else. And it, it it's made to seem like when you're not, bad things happen. And the villain, one of the villains, the mom, is trying to make her weird and Carrie is fighting against her trying to be normal, which implies. I think it's more against religion. No, I understand. I understand. Religiosity. Religiosity. Religiousness. What's the word? I don't fucking know. I think it's against religious people. (laughs) Right. I'm not talking about the religion aspect of it. I'm talking but about. But that's what I'm makes talking her about, weird. I understand. I'm talking about weird or normal. I'm not talking about why she's weird. I'm just talking about weird or normal because she says, "I don't want to be weird. I want to be normal." Not, "I don't want to be religious." It's, "I don't want to be weird." That's why I think this movie really has it on backwards. Like they don't get why this message is important. They just completely missed that, and they didn't attempt at all. To make it meaningful. And it really bothers me. Like it's, this is one of those movies where now that I'm talking about it, it's making me angrier. So as Chris mentioned, they film her being uh, taunted in the bathroom. And then they show it again at the prom scene. And I think most people were looking at it like, I think in this one, most people aren't laughing. Am I right about that? I think it's the laughing is playing from the original video we don't really get a sense that people in the audience are laughing right so anyway they could have done a lot with that they could have delved into cyberbullying a lot with that right and it's a real dropped ball it is there's one moment where they create like what effectively amounts to a facebook profile about carrie white and they say, like, her favorite song is Red Red Wine or whatever the thing is. Something I don't know what about, it is, but no, it's, it's all blood a, like, and it's all Favorite drink, and, Bloody Mary. Right, yeah. And the favorite video is the video. Right, but they never bring up the website ever again, or and there are no consequences for it. It's like, this was a perfect opportunity. You see what I mean? This movie just dropped so many balls. Mm-hmm. The tagline for this movie is straight out of the musical. That is... The tagline is, you will know her name. Ah, yeah. And in the musical, the song song. is, they will know my name. Yeah. The poem that Carrie reads is about Samson. It's called Samson Agonistes uh, from 1671 by John Milton. And Ansel Elgort guesses correctly that it's about Samson. 
So he's smart enough to know about Samson, not smart enough to know the difference between telekinesis and hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Whatever. <laughs> um, I mentioned before that the teacher survives. Mm-hmm. It is something that appears to be specifically engineered by Carrie. She lifts her up off the floor and brings her towards her, right? And it looks like she's going to do something awful. And she just kind of tosses her on stage, right? Like, just tosses her aside. Not particularly violently. But the next thing that she does is she electrocutes the floor. What she did is she saved her teacher. I didn't even notice that. And the teacher survives. And I imagine in that moment, that's where she would have read her mind and said, oh, you laughed. You know. But they don't even get into it. Nope. That's kind of all I want to say about Carrie, Kelsey. Do you have anything else to say about it? When they get out of the limo to go into the prom. Yeah. They play um, the Naked and Famous song. Dun, 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 dun. That is dun, not dun, 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 dun. Whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. The song for me, I love Naked and Famous. I love the band, but that song will always remind me of the trailer for Cabin in the Woods. And then I'm sitting there, and I'm thinking to myself, why aren't I watching Cabin in the Woods? Right. Why am I watching this? Right. <laughs> so. I mean, this is what's a little bit frustrating is that uh, Cabin in the Woods came out in 2012. So before this movie came out, it was filmed like several years before that. Mm -hmm. So like, there's just no excuse for how unnecessary this movie is. (laughs) And it's not that it's awful. It's that if you're going to remake it, do something interesting with the technology, which they didn't. All the CGI was bad. Um, Do something interesting with the new techniques we learn in the meantime. Say something important or new if you're going to bother remaking it. Do something new. And, like, it's just, it fails on every one of those fronts. Which is really disappointing. If the original never existed, I probably wouldn't think so poorly of this movie. I think "Ah, it's all right. It's a little goofy, but, you know, whatever. But no, because it's a remake and unnecessary and a failure of one, it bothers me. Mm -hmm. There was one other thing. Uh A difference that we skipped. Mm -hmm. So the principal in this version. Yes. uh, Actually calls her Carrie. He calls her Cassie once. He calls once, her Cassie once, yeah, but not three times then gets like in the first one. told, no, it's Carrie, and then he calls her Carrie for the rest of the scene. Right. I mean, the principal's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. Sticks up for Miss Desjardins, uh, doesn't back down from Chris's dad. Like, he's not awful. Mm-hmm. All right, Kelsey. Yeah. What do you think this movie got on Rotten Tomatoes? I already know. Because you're bad at that. I tell you not to look and ruin things for you. You left it on the screen for <laughs> God knows how long. Whenever we watch something through iTunes, it's on there. iTunes has it on there. And it's she just she'll read episode descriptions five episodes ahead of where we are on a TV show. <laughs> she just does that shit to herself. What do you think it got? 
49. That's correct. What do you think it got from Metacritic? That I do not know. 53. Okay. So, hovering right there in the middle. It boasts a talented cast, but Kimberly Pierce's reimagining, in quotes, <laughs> of Brian De Palma's horror classic finds little new in the Stephen King novel and feels woefully unnecessary. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. should know, guys, I never actually read these consensi or consensuses before I put them in my notes. I just copy and paste and I don't even look at them. Uh, that's that's really funny. They felt exactly the same way I did. Just complete, woefully unnecessary is a great line. Mm-hmm. Perfect. What would you give it? Probably a 50. 50. I'm mitigating my anger. I'm not. I'm not really angry about it. It doesn't make me angry. I it's like you said, it's unnecessary. It doesn't make sense why they made it. The choices that they made, I will I'll never understand them. But it's fine. It introduced us to Ansel Elgort, which is great. It's not like a god awful piece of shit, you know? No, it's, just, it's not. It's just it's a whatever. Not. It's a perfectly straight down the middle movie that I probably would have rated higher if it wasn't woefully unnecessary. Ugh, what a downer note to end it on. Maybe we can improve it a little bit. That was 2013's Carrie, which ends our double feature for this week. The late night double feature show. But Kelsey, what are we watching next week? Pick us up, Kelsey. It's week two of prom season. We have another double feature. The late night going to be watching prom night next week from what years do you know 1980 and 2008 i remember kind of liking the new version i feel like we didn't i don't remember god this could go any way it's so <laughs> exciting <laughs> but the original prom night starring jamie lee curtis so again, Scream Queen, Jamie Lee Curtis. We get to bring her back. Really excited. And prom season continues. Yes. Next week. All right. Until then, you can always reach us at podcemetery.com where you can browse all of our episodes and a list of every movie we've ever had on the show. Leave a comment to share your thoughts on these movies or recommend one or two for us to cover in a future episode. You can also email us at podcemetery at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at podcemetery, where I occasionally add comments that we think of after we turn the mics off, and Kelsey will occasionally get trashed and live-tweet a random horror movie. That's Expect that this summer, people. At least. <laughs> uh, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, for those of you that don't have iTunes or don't want to use SoundCloud. We are also now on Google Play and Stitcher Audio and several other services. So if you use some weird random service, not that those are weird and random, those are actually pretty big ones, but if you use any others, check it out. We're probably on there too. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. Really, really helps us out like quite a bit. So um, do that solid for us and we'll continue uh, recording episodes. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. Kelsey, any parting wisdom to share with the audience? They're called breasts, and every woman has them. I don't want to live my life again.
Hold on, give me a second, one second, just give me just one second. <laughs> I'd probably be like, <laughs> we really need to get past this scene. <laughs> Do you know the Bible inside and out, babe? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. That's the period section. And that's all probably going to be cut. <laughs> no, no, I'm keeping it in. It's staying in. <laughs> anyway. Mama? I can't do it. I can just, I can hear mm-hmm. her saying mama in my bones, but I just can't recreate that. It's just so clearly, she's the way she says mama. Mama? Mama? It's like out of the side of my mama, mouth. Ma- mama, mama, mama. <laughs> no, I just I can't do it. Like, come on, you're gonna get herpes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Chris. <laughs> shut up, Chris. Just shut up. Show me what you've got. Um, Chloe Moritz. What's her fucking name? Chloe Grace Moretz. Listen, this doesn't take place in Corona Del Mar. <laughs> I'm going to cut that out. <laughs> oh, my God. You fuckers killed Tommy. The only good thing in my life. <laughs> Chris, go back and cut that out. They could have delved in. Delved? Dived. Dove. Delved. Delved? Yeah. And it's another prom bit, uh, prom season. You want to say that again? Yes. And it's another. I mean, I kind of don't even want to bother talking about half this shit. Okay. 